Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It's breakfast somewhere, so eat up. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny. Food for thought. My guest today is a media theorist, professor, writer, lecturer, and musician, as well as an advocate for humanity in this technological age. He also hosts his own show called Team Human, which you can find on teamhuman.fm, as well as other podcast platforms, which echoes the title of his book of the same name. And he's been named one of the world's 10 most influential intellectuals by MIT. He's joining me today to discuss AI and beyond. Please welcome Douglas Rushkoff. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you. It's great to see you too. So, man, I'm ready to start riffing. We'll do a deep dive today. Sure. Um, and, you know, we, you and I were, were um, we said we're going to tackle AI. <sighs> so I think, you know, honestly, this is kind of the topic of the day. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't really think that it's in danger of sort of ever being um, one of those things that, you know, uh, you know, I wish I would have covered this earlier because it's just, you know, for, for what, you know, for what we know as, you know, just sort of normal members of society, we're, we're just thinking that it's just getting warmed up with what we've been exposed to um, functionally, you know, but, but who knows how far along it really is. And, um, you know, I, as well as you am an advocate for, for humanity. I'm, I'm sort of not down with, with any kind of, um, version of human 2.0 i don't i don't think we've ever gotten 1.0 right so um you know just what is your knee jerk of of just the sort of overall uh potential of this stuff in terms of of the kind of danger that you think is is looming for us in 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 the short run not not just the long run but now i mean in the in the short run I don't mean to sound too provocative here, but in the short run, I think the danger is that we believe the hype around this stuff. You know, for, for, for Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and those kind of folks, you know, who are making and marketing AI to come out with a statement that's like, oh, this stuff's so dangerous. We yeah. better just, you know, you know, it's like, honey, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen anything quite this big before. So, you know, you better, you better sit down here. It's like, oh, shut up. You know, it's 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 a glorified search engine at this point. Right. It's just taking all the data it has from the past and randomly assorting it into the most probable thing. It knows nothing. It's not conscious. It's not thinking. You put in a bunch of words, it's going to find the most probable amount of words from the words that are already out there on Wikipedia to throw back at you. And they're going to be put in your go to chat GPT and put in this. What weighs more, a pound of feathers or five pounds of lead? And it will say, oh, they weigh the same thing. Why is it saying they weigh the same thing? Because it's hearing that joke. You know, what weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of lead? They actually weigh the same, even though you think one. Of course they weigh the same. You know, but five pounds does not weigh one pound, but it doesn't know. So it has no thought. It has no logic. It has nothing. So there's that. And the other thing I think is these, the, 
the dudes behind this stuff are the most colonizing kind of rapacious dominating greedy capitalist pigs and they've <laughs> made this stuff and they've been using their technology on us on the people for the last 500 years it's since chains and swords it's about enslaving people dominating people they made this new technology and they realized oh wait a minute we're programming this enslaving, dominating technology. It might want to enslave and dominate us, right? So they finally made something that they are afraid of, right? It's going to undermine their plans about getting off the planet and leaving us larval, you know, maggot humans behind on Mother Earth when they go to space. They're like, uh oh, these things might, these things might behave like we're trying to behave and do to us what we've been trying to do to them. Let's hold everything. And this is just a nightmare of, of little underdeveloped boys who left college way too early before they took ethics classes. They just know how to code, if that. They know how to sell. And uh, so that's the main thing, I think. And, and, and the, the other thing, I think, is that these technologies are going to be good for revealing to us that human beings have so much else besides our utility value these ais and robots are going to be better at doing boring work than any of us but what they're not going to be able to do is create is sing is is have soul is do they're going to be able to make a convincing van gogh but no one's going to want to look at that van gogh why because there's no van gogh on the other side of the painting there's no tortured human soul it's not a means of communication it's just wallpaper it's muzak i mean nothing against people who made muzak some of it was interesting but yeah yeah it's crap it's 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 there's no there's there's no life in it. So I think what they're going to help us do is distinguish really quickly between, oh, an AI can code, but an AI can't create. And and all of us humans are going to go back to these really fun, artsy, humanities-based activities again. Right, right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting because this sort of, there's a lot to unpack there. It just reminds me of, of, um, of uh, the article that you wrote, that Survival of the Richest, mm. As, as well as your book, which in which you you know, describe this meeting of these people that just wanted to save their butts, um, you know, in, in, in when the event happens, you know, and forget about the rest of us useless eaters. Right. So so it's kind of like, yeah, they're just they just care about themselves. But but those are the people that are really in power. I mean, who knows what goes on behind closed doors? And who's really, really uh, there? There's, I mean, this is going to be another big political power grab thing, where uh, you know, tech, technologically, who's going to sort of deliver the goods first in order to to elicit another means of control? And and yeah, it's nothing new, as you were saying, but but the the sort of means of this this uh, kind of enslavement now is is unprecedented in human history. I mean, if and when it can actually happen to that level. I mean, it's just biotech, it's, it can kind of almost happen now from what we, we know. But, but, but the other thing is that, that you, you touched upon, that yeah, is that we're so much more than our utility. And, you know, being able to sort of, you know, there's no Van Gogh behind that, what, what this thing can create, and it just reminded me of being a Blade Runner, you know, where you're trying to sort of 
you know, spot the counterfeit versus no, this is a human, a human did this. And, and, and I can tell the difference, you know, um, but, but I think that, that really you, you sort of touched on the whole, like one, one of my things is the joys in the process. And mm. it's, you know, to the point where, you know, we don't even have to compete against our, each other or, or, or ourselves. We just need to create. And it's just part of our nature to create. That whole creative urge comes from the same urge to procreate. And so, however it comes out in terms of art and music and, and literature and all these other kinds of things is we, we just, that's just part of who we are. And so it's beyond the utilitarian thing, but now, you know, the whole hype uh, that's, that's been coming out is sort of like, well, look at what, what AI can compose and look at, look at the art that it's making. And, and, and some of the things that I've seen look pretty disturbing, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm just kind of wondering really what, what stage this, you know, the, the, the kind of intelligence that it possesses is really at, although I tend to, you know, agree with you on what you're saying. I think that, that at the end of the day, uh, but, but if it can, it can, if it can sort of get to the point where its intelligence multiplies at, at this kind of exponential rate, it's sort of like, well, you know, will it ever become self-aware? Will, right. will See, it, I don't think it's actually intelligence so that the dangers are kind of different. It's mm -hmm. more, will these programs be able to manipulate people to the point where we change, you know, where we get fucked up, where, you know, cause already, you know, you look on Twitter and you don't know if it's a bot or a person and a bot could upset you or, you know, make you mad for the rest of the day. Cause it said yeah. something that was really stupid. And yeah. it's like, and, it's and, the AIs are being trained with, you know, behavioral economics, with Skinner box, you know, precision, with Pavlovian stuff, with Freudian stuff. So we're really trying to train a bunch of non-thinking entities how to manipulate human behavior by any means necessary with, again, not even telling us what the process is. We don't even get the insight. We're just getting the result. Make people buy this. Make people feel bad. Make people vote this way. Make people paranoid. Make people get shots. Make people do whatever the thing is that you want them to do. And that's a dangerous thing because now you have unconscious actors with no ethical framework with no soul with no moral anything doing what they've been um what they've been commanded to do if they were intelligent i would be less afraid of them than my knowledge of the fact that they're not conscious they're they're, Why? they're not alive why would you if they were intelligent then they could have some self-reflection then they could think oh this is kind of mean just to manipulate people. Yeah, but a psychopath, I mean, a narcissistic personality disorder or someone like a psychopath has doesn't have that kind of remorse or won't even bother to reflect upon. Right. After time. Yeah, that's true. Well, if they're born like that. Yeah. Or if they're like, you know, Pharaoh, it's funny, Pharaoh in the in Bible. Uh, <laughs> there's this great passage where God says um, to Moses, I'm going to harden his heart, Yeah. you know, to Pharaoh because He's not going to be able to feel. He's just going to not let you go. He's just going to be, I need a supervillain. 
out of this guy, you know? So right, there's, there's no, there, and it's true. There are humans like that, but I would hope that, yeah. you know, some of the AIs, if they were conscious, they'd have the ability to reflect, but they're not They're It's not in, in using the, the, the phrase intelligence to describe what these bots are is ultimately even, even inaccurate in itself. But, if, but if, I hear even you with the, okay, go ahead. You know, I, I hear you though. It, it, it seems as if they are. If you if you believe that intelligence is an emergent property of complex matter, then sure, it's possible that these things would get consciousness. I'm a little bit more spiritual, kind of about my consciousness. I think yeah. that consciousness is a pre it's a precondition of matter. I think matter came out of consciousness rather than consciousness out of yeah. matter. Yes, right. But yes, that's weird. Right. But the biggest thing you said to me, the whole thing is process versus product. That's it. Human beings live in the land of process, right? So for me, musically, you know, I played with, with psychic TV, nothing like what you did, but but for a few years I experienced it. For me, the joy was going in the practice room and inventing when we went out on the stage that's for the audience you know and it was fine and we performed but for me the process learning making up the thing going let's say let's try this in yeah. minor let's do that that's the whole thing process is where you are alive human beings live you know human beings live in the space between the ticks on the clock you don't live in the you live in the sound in the in the that's when time passes computers live on the tick that's all they know. They don't have the time. We're living in that in that in-between space. Process is that. You computer, you type in, give me a mid-journey, give me a picture of, you know, uh, this and that, you know, you know, Moses crossing the, the Delaware in the <laughs> style of Dali. All right. Yeah, yeah. And it'll do it. Boom. It's there. There's no process. Right. There's no, you know, for you, for me, it's the the whole thing, the brush stroke. The reason you're looking yeah. at the Van Gogh is you're seeing his right. process. Right. That's the human is process. That's all yeah. we've got. There's no, and sorry to cut to, 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 uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. There is no product. There is no product. You're never going to get, you're alive. You're alive. <laughs> exactly. There is no product and, and there's, no, there's really no end point. No. Either. None no. of it. None of it. And, and that's not to demean goal setting. Right. Some people you know, look, I'm I'm probably the most disorganized guy in the world. So, you know, I'm not one to really speak about goal setting, but I won't, I won't sit here and badmouth it. Uh, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it's kind of like, then you need another one, then you need another one, then you need another one. And it's like, what happens when you get to the top of the mountain? It's like, okay, let's see, what do I do now? You know, versus just always being there. Like I, just like waking up in the morning thinking that there's always something to look forward to even if it's taking another shitty picture because i want to learn how to take better pictures right. or whatever it might be leaning so, forward is great that's so different yeah. than living for i'm gonna work 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 so i can get into college i'm gonna go work 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 in college so i can get a job i'm gonna yeah. work at this job so i can get a, a retirement plan and it's like oh, okay, now, oh my god i'm gonna die <laughs> it's like you could have started in kindergarten just living exactly because even me, when I when I started playing the drums, it was like I just got lost in in the whole process of it. Just because I loved it, and I still do, and and it wasn't like I was keeping track of how long I practiced or or anything or or, or how much better or worse I I was than anybody else. I loved getting together with other people and just you know somebody would play something and and I would just get giddy. 
regardless of how good or bad they were, it was just the idea of sharing that moment and that commonality with them and the process with them and, right. and, and getting lost in the process myself, you know, and sure. I wanted to, to be good at, 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 at that and, and, and better, but, but it was still a process. It was still just being in it, being in the moment. Well, yeah. I mean, that's when people say, that. oh, do you like jam bands? I'm like, every band's a jam band. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what? Think about this, though. Have you, have you ever noticed how it's changed now? Because uh, I mean, back then it was sort of like, you know, I'd buy uh, vinyl records and one entire side might be one song. Right. You know, or you'd watch them and you'd watch these bands and yeah, sure. They'd you know, verse to do their song form. And then there were like 15 minute solos, you know what I mean? And the song would go on for 20 minutes, 30 minutes in a concert or whatever. And yeah, you just kind of immersed yourself in it. You got used to that. You didn't think, Oh, you know, you, you didn't get to the chorus in 10 seconds, you know, next, you know, kind of like where right. that had to happen later just for, what if, right. Yeah. But it's the opposite of what we think of as, as achievements. Interesting. So, you yeah. know, I mean, it's a strange comparison, but I was just listening because I was going to come on. Yeah. I found um, I, on YouTube, there's this real extended um, um, song you do with Joni Mitchell hmm. in some outdoor thing. You're outside oh, and right. you guys go totally off road. It just <laughs> goes. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. fucking out and you find each other again and come back. But I was just like. There's such a, there's the combination of safety that you need to have to lose each other, but be in the same space and trust we're together, even though it seems like we're not, everybody's going off in their place, but you're all in the same room that, and that you're going to find it back and it's going to somehow work its way back. I was, I was listening to all that and then thinking that, that, that it's so opposite of the value system of AI. So like our, our kids. I have kids, six out of 20 kids in the class I teach, taught in college this year turned in chat GPT written papers. And I was like, oh, dudes. And then I realized, you know, it's, in, it's my job to change the function of the paper. So now I'm not going to have them write the paper at the end of the course. They're going to write the paper two or three weeks into the course. They write a paper because the idea is the paper is the opening salvo. The paper is the it's the sheet music that then you're going to riff on. So you want to riff? You get it. You want to chat GPT to write your fucking paper? Be my guest because you're going to be responsible for that paper now for 14 weeks for engaging about the ideas in that paper. That's your beginning. You want the computer to give your beginning? Fine. You know, and it's the same with with sort of music. It's like, the, and I get it when you're playing some classical piece. We're all going to try to find the perfect interpret you know and get it exactly right or something but and that's one way of and that's fine for certain kinds of english courses or composition whatever yeah. but in a genuine liberal arts course the paper should be the the beginning of the conversation so it's it's flipped flipped me around too and and it was funny i just think you know that any creative act sort of works like that right exactly you you and when you're teaching them responsibility you're forcing them to be responsible maybe maybe they don't want to think do you think that that social media has anything to do with that yeah um i mean it's I'm trying to the, assign blame on something just a disclaimer here just yeah i just want to see where it fits in 
Well, I you, mean, with social media it hurts in two ways. One, it's productizing the individual. So mm -hmm. they think of themselves as, you know, it's all about about uh, uh, marketing oneself to one's peers in order to get more likes. You know, it's like great. It's like grade grubbing you know, <laughs> that kind yeah. of student. Yeah. And the interfaces themselves are so fast. You know, the whole swipe right, swipe left, you know, yes, no, dismiss anything you don't want to see. It like it trains you not to engage with difficult things where I love engaging with difficult things. I mean, it's like yeah. you, you, that's the whole the flow state is about doing. I mean, that's what Zappa taught, you know? He did. <laughs> but this just to me is a whole different thing than flow, whereby, you know, I mean, having to post all the time because people yeah. come to expect it from you. And now, no matter how inane, uh, you know, it is that your next post is or what, how, how much, uh, how, how little it is in terms of differentiation of all the other stuff that you've done doesn't really matter. It's just, you've got to do a new post, you know, we need, and he's got it. It's next, right. next, next. Exactly. Next. Then what, then you're back to utility value. Now I'm on this fucking schedule of this machine. And why am I posting so frequently? I'm, am I posting frequently because there's people who really want to hear me? No, it's because if I don't, I'm going to start losing them. And the platform is configured to make me need to do it in order to keep these people. Uh, uh. Exactly. Like exactly. That's it's that value thing and that utility thing. And, and really, it's 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 the exact opposite of what we're talking about and it's got nothing to do with flow either but but you know it's then then there's the other part of it whereby you know it just reminds me of this whole phenomena of celebrity dumb you know where you know and and i don't know where it's where it starts maybe it starts with the you know homecoming queen and the class president in high school i'm, I'm not really sure yeah but 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 it starts somewhere where it gets into our psyches and society and then it's kind of like you externalizing your worth and social media i think you know for all the maybe convenience it can have but but it, it's sort of like you know like like a celebrity who if their fan base starts following and they're basing their self-worth on it, they, they go off the deep end. Many of them have done that. Right. So, you know what I mean? Versus just having your close circle of friends that actually love you because they know you. So then what I see happening is that people are sort of like, you know, they just got out of the hospital and they're getting willed on a stretcher and you know maybe they even still have have oxygen coming out and they're hey, there they are with their phone saying yeah i just got a lobotomy today yeah. you, you know i have to tell everybody what happened to me why i don't understand that why why is it that some things even your own infirm state has to be broadcast whereby you know you're you're the truman show you know when you just got lobotomized or because they feel like they don't exist there you they're go they're not doing it there you go you know god yeah. knows you know it's like a little bit i know when i see the little kids on the playground like mommy mommy watch this watch this mommy watch mommy watch you know, <laughs> i got it sweet right but now it is that it's the same thing hey everybody yeah. watch me watch me i'm getting dental work i'm getting yeah yeah i don't need to see your scars and yeah i really don't you know but the other thing you were saying which is really interesting to me and i kind of I feel it's both horrific and beautiful mm. is this kind of celebrity culture yeah. of of and you're right there's sort of the the 
There's the, the, the king and queen of the prom kind of people who their, their celebrity is based on nothing but their popularity, you know, and yeah. it's almost like it, if they're actually good at something, it detracts from the celebrity because then there's like some, some reason and it's part of meritocracy. And I'm thinking about like Paris Hilton kind of started it. Now, Paris Hilton is actually brilliant, right? She's like a friggin' Sharon Stone genius kind of person. She pretended to be nothing right so her celebrity her show she did a reality show which was about the fact that she and her friend uh, lionel richie's daughter couldn't do anything they couldn't actually they kept going from job to job and they couldn't do anything as if to prove i am great you all love me and i have no skills whatsoever and it made it like pure celebrity so on the one hand that's horrible right because it led to the facebook culture of do nothing except be famous. Right. Horrible. But on the yeah. other hand, it sort of said, no, Paris Hilton is great just because she's Paris Hilton. And on a certain level, I like it because it's saying, you're Mr. Rogers, you're great just the way you are. You don't need to do anything to be worthy of our attention and love. And, and you know, so there's a little of both. I mean, it's mostly the sick one. But on the other hand, there's just a just a touch, I think. And the reason why it was so popular is because so many of us are have to prove our worth every single second. Prove yeah. it to your boss, to your mate, to your yeah. this, to your kid. It's like, no, you know, you're fine. That was what Sabbath was supposed to be about. One day a week, you just stop and you go, I'm sacred just just the way I am. Yep. Good. Great point. Great point. So 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 that that actually so so there's two sides to that and and i see exactly what you're saying on the one hand it's sort of like who cares about the utility it's i'm okay and this is just me so yeah. and i just wonder how many people don't get that because you know everybody's trying to sort of figure out how to get over and you you hear things about you know um you know, start your own online thing and and uh, do something that you're you're really good at and be different than it. And it's like so hard to be different. Let's just say, for example, when you have a million people doing the same how to channels. OK, so now is it just down to a personality contest? Is it just down to look, you know, a million people are saying the same thing. I'm not going to come out and put some channel out to show you how to do what you've seen a gazillion other people do. So now it's down to my personality. Do you yeah. like me better or not? Or do you just like me? So, you know, will my popularity, you know, sort of help me to uh, achieve my goal of having a successful channel? I mean, I just wonder whether or not, you know, Am I making any sense with that? The utility versus the cult of yeah. personality. Well, yeah. once the thing that the once the lesson itself is sort of commodified, then what differentiates is, you know, the the human. I mean, I guess it has to do with whether the person's going because they just want the instruction, or you know, there used to be this show on uh, NPR called The Car Show. Yeah, you know, and there were these two great hosts. And I mean, you listen to them and they're just helping people with their car problems, but they're so funny. And it's like, you're never going to have the same car problem as whoever's calling in. So you're not calling because you need to know how to fix the distributor <laughs> cap on your Chevy 68 Impala, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's this other thing. Um, so there's that. But, you know, I do find on YouTube, like if I want to learn 
you know, podcasting software or whatever. Oh, I'm, you know, there's a couple of guys that I learn um, piano riffs from these YouTube guys. And there's two or three of them that really are better at showing it to you than the other guys, you know? So there's, and I guess then when it gets down to those two or three, it's which one, you're right. Which one do I like? <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, like everything is a how-to thing now. And it's great that, yeah, you know, you could kind of almost YouTube anything to find out how to do things. But one of the things that's alarming about it is that it is the gig now. It is the gig because there are no gigs, really. Right. You know what I mean? It's all been sort of given away and, you know, you've got to have all these other kinds of income streams in order to sort of, you know, survive. And, you know, that's going to flip, I think, really soon. I mean, an AI is going to help with that. I, I think we've got to get to that place where we say, oh, wait a minute. People need jobs, not because we need work done. People need jobs so that we can justify letting them have food and shelter, you know, but we've got more than enough food and shelter. We're burning food every week. We're tearing down houses to keep That's the right. market markets markets high. So it's like, wait a minute, you know, can we just let this dude live in a house if he's not making any money? I think we can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear how AI can help with that because you're touching on a lot of stuff now. The whole economic thing. How, are there? Is there a scarcity of resources or not? You know, this whole Malthusian thing. There's plenty of resources. It's just it, it's politically maligned with with its appropriation or its distribution uh, in in a lot of countries that have evil dictators. You know, yeah. Although all these I do food think rotting, and you're not really yeah. teaching people to be self-sufficient in some of these places you know yeah but but humans may have overshot a bit you know we don't necessarily need eight nine billion people on the planet to have a great civilization you know it's, it's, it's a certain point and it's not even that there's not enough stuff to support that many lives it's that there's not enough stuff to support that many lives living with air conditioning and automobiles and all the crap that we're we could, I mean, or, or an industry. I mean, we are, in order to employ people, we are coming up with ideas to make stuff that's resource intensive and utterly unnecessary and ends up in storage bins or, or in landfill, right? Well, yeah, maybe what we can do is just figure out better ways to do it. Like, I remember when Tesla first appeared it was like you'd go to a tesla showroom there was a car there there weren't like 500 of them on a lot nor were there you know like dozens of lots all over the place it's like why don't you just you know put one car in a showroom or two you know people can drive them around if you want and then if you you know you just make make it to order you know just make it to order instead of having them rot and, and have to you know i don't know Right. I mean, and there's some stuff we just don't need. Everybody needs cars. I mean, everybody needs yeah. all these cars because we because we got to drive to work. And the only reason you have to drive to work is because they moved work far away from where you live so that you'd have yeah. to buy a car to go. And yeah. most Americans work one day a week just to support their automobile. You know, I'd rather like the, all the in the old times before automobiles, before GM actually did that whole scam and got rid of streetcars, mm. you'd work all day in the machine place in a in a factory with heavy machinery. You'd mm. finish, you'd grab a beer, 
get on the streetcar and have a beer with your friends and drink the paper and go home. They had to convince that guy, instead of having a beer and talking with your friends and reading the paper, we want you, when you're finished operating heavy machinery, we want you to get inside a piece of heavy machinery and drive it an hour home where you're going to worry about running people over and pay insurance for that and keep the thing around and burn gas and have oil wars. It's like, dude, I was happy on the streetcar. Right, right. I hear you. Well, I, re I remember hearing about in Los Angeles, the whole red car thing that was, it had the biggest uh, transportation system of yeah. its kind in America, you know, and that was completely squelched. And, yeah, by uh, GM, who framed Roger Rabbit. It's all in there. Yeah, I didn't even realize that for years. I mean, you know, having said that, you know, I live in a more rural place now, and so I enjoy having a car. And Yeah, drive it for fun, man. Right. Well, but, <laughs> but I do have, to, well, that's true. And I do, and I love the scenery around, but, yeah. but it's the utility as well, where, you know, having some sort of transportation system out here, you know, it, it really wouldn't work. But right. in ur urban areas, even, even for a considerable urban sprawl, yeah, sure. You know, totally. When we're sitting, everybody's sitting in their cars in traffic. You look at LA, oh, it's like, that's not how that should be done. I can't, I can't deal with it when I go there now. I can't. It's yeah, Montana. Yeah. You should have a car, but <laughs> you know, right. but you're using less other stuff. You're using yeah. less other stuff out there. It's like, it yeah. equals out. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's so true. So, so speaking of which, you know, we're talking about AI and self-driving cars right now. I kind of want to drive it myself, you know? I really do. I think that, um, oh yeah, okay, I get it falling asleep at the wheel. I don't want an excuse to have another drink, you know, or any of that. And 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 really, I guess that, you know, call me paranoid, but what about the hackability of all this? Like I keep, you know, thinking of these yeah. that I've seen where you have, now you have these huge semis driving down the, the road and God forbid there's some guy in a van with a joystick, you know, going wee, and the next thing you know, it's like, yeah. Well, we'll see. It depends if there's like wealth, big wealth disparity yeah. and the rich end up in auto cars and the poor end up walking around or in shit in on, 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 on shitty skateboards or something. <laughs> then the hacker kids for fun are going to start fucking with those people. Just figuring out how, what can we draw? I mean, they, they, did somebody trapped an automatic car in a circle? They drew this shape that trapped it so it couldn't get out because it thought it, it couldn't read, you know, what were the road, the, the, the lines on the road. There's going to be a lot of, uh, it's just going to be too tempting to undermine the rich by hacking into their drones and stuff. Yeah, and that and and that'll happen. If it was genuinely egalitarian, if everybody got these things the same way we get TVs, then I don't think there'll be the same rage. Great point. Great point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was in a car rental car, and it nudged. Did you ever been in a car and it nudges you? Like it doesn't like you're getting too close to the lane, and it kind of shoved me. I was like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I, <laughs> I, don't oh, know if I like that. <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't experienced that one yet. But you're talking about cars with a newer tech right that, yeah, yeah yeah and it was just like oh this is just a different i mean different yeah. experience for me uh, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so so i don't like auto correcting on my fucking typing either it's like no that's not the word i did mean this word you know i hate that tell me about it or or you would think that by now that whole you know speech to text would would be you know and i find me myself talking into the phone like this <laughs> 
just to make sure it doesn't uh, misspell anything, you know. And it's yeah, it's 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 unnerving because if I don't look, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, and half of that's for your convenience. Half of it is because they're collecting all this data, and they know. Oh, look, his words are a little bit further apart than usual. Yeah. I bet he's getting the flu, or get he's getting that, and or he's yeah. becoming less cooperative. We must <laughs> send yeah, more Yeah, right, right. So, so do you think that that? Um, <clears throat> I mean, do you think that 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 the sort of onward march of this stuff um, is is not really really so much of a threat, especially even to artists, as you know, th- we might think, or or that the hype would would lead us to be. It's believe. a threat to artists and everybody if our value system changes. In other words, if people really, I mean, a friend of mine, a real a, a, an artist, artist, uh, Molly Crabapple, started this petition. I signed it to that's saying, you know, you can't just use all the art that we've done in order to make new art and make money on it. That's not fair. You know, you're copying us and then mm-hmm. and that, that, that you can't do that. And we're, and, and we want, you don't use, um, don't subscribe to companies that use AI generated art because you're putting real artists out of work, you know, and it's not just that we should value real artists and their work. I mean, there's a bit to be said, you know, first they came for the cab drivers and I said nothing because I am not a cab driver, right? Then they came for this. I said nothing. Now they came for the artists. They're coming for you too. You know, they're coming for everybody, but it's not just to stick up for them and their right to make money. It's sticking up for what is it we actually value? What Mm -hmm. are you, do you want to listen to computer generated Mm -hmm. music that had no human well, who and what is that experience? Well, what this is, is that? this is this is Doug and Vinny agreeing on that. So yeah. we have our own aesthetic that's been honed over many decades, and you know we it may not be fair for us to sort of tacitly superimpose that, saying you know what I mean, because there are a lot of people that don't have recognize certain kind of qualitative things. Right. We may recognize in music. But the reason why we have to stand up for that is because human society itself is threatened by a lack of attention to the value of humans. So we've got to retrieve that or we're all going. Yeah, that's true. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like, yes, I get that. And, and, and there is, you know, and I, I loved craft work and, um, Sinclair, Lyle Mays, Sinclavier music and programmed music, programmable music. And I love it most when it's a computer and a human being interacting in some way. If right now our greatest, um, problem as a society and a civilization is, a billionaire class that believes that you and I are the larval stage of humanity and that they and their friends are the ones who are going to sprout, you know, artificial, artificially intelligent wings or virtual reality somethings and be able to spawn on the other planets without us, then there is a job of the artist to wake people up to that, right? To wake them up from the, the soporific, uh, 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 hypnotic, uh, buzz of music that's being generated by corporations who do not have our best interests at heart and wake them up. Okay. How, how do we do that? I mean, we've, 
if th those those people or those corporations or those entities that somehow you know dominate uh the the dissemination and the the sort of distribution of of you know why huge amounts of 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 music and information uh to huge audiences you know they they don't they would rather just keep people as dumb as possible i they think. would and so would. for us to try to sort of you know bring that back on an indie level is 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 kind of a her herculean task it, it, probably not that much different than trying to save the world with with rock concerts and it's you know we've seen a million of those and it hasn't happened yet because we have people that probably we can't even see dare i dare i run the risk of putting on a tinfoil hat and i will run that risk that are just not having it and saying yeah you go ahead and put on all the concerts you want here's how it's really going to roll and we're going to see to it that that's how it is and i think that that's even happening now more so and that it's even more obvious with yeah. with all this sort of esg stuff happening and these these you know non-governmental organizations that are sort of telling us how they think the world should be and how you know i'm thinking wait a second i didn't elect you who are you and where did you just emerge from you know telling us oh yeah this is how it's going to be no, not so right. fast. You basically have two camps. You have people who are fucking us up because they want yeah. to fuck us up, and people <laughs> who are fucking us up in an effort to help us, right? And the problem with all of these things is that they're operating at scale. Once you try to operate at scale, it stops working. I mean, that's what Taylor Swift should have learned, right? She did her concert with best intentions in every single way, and Live Nation still fucked over everybody and Ticketmaster and whatever, you know, it still didn't work. What works is not trying to create an indie music scene at scale, but is process, playing music with other people, going local. You know, there's, there's, I'm sorry, I don't mean that you are not great, but I can go to Dobbs Ferry, to Tarrytown, to Yonkers, and I can hear four or five people playing music together brilliantly, brilliantly. Sure. You know, any town, any night of any week, you can find brilliant people. The yeah. guy who was, oh my God, he played with, you know, yeah. these guys. And he's, you know, Stanley Jordan is over there. This one's, a, I mean, there's even greats. There's music everywhere. You go in the room with the people playing the music and something will happen to you. Recorded music is a great thing. It's a great thing. But even when it started, there were people like Walter Benjamin saying, yes, recorded music is a great thing, but you're going to lose aura. You're going to lose something. I'm happy for recordings. I love recordings. It's an art form making recordings. Nothing wrong with recordings, but or and there's this other thing that happens when you go to a room don't have to be the big doesn't have to be what's that thing you know Kalawega or whatever one of those giant i forgot the names of these yeah, yeah, you yeah. know Lollapalooza and and yeah. all those things you don't have to go there and see the band go down the street go to the bar just to, go to a bar mitzvah even then, you know, there's moments there's yeah. moments that are just like oh my god the sax guy fuck man you're good what was that you know they're playing you know whatever they're playing celebrate well but, well, but, but that's that's new york too and then that you know and and then that's those areas you're going to find 
that you you'll find that but go to omaha nebraska go to you may you may see something different in omaha nebraska you may see something that has its own aesthetic that's a little a little different than what you're talking about so it's not necessarily going to elevate the art in a sense that you know what i mean but it's not going to elevate the art but you go i mean yeah i know you go to new orleans you can you'll see something that's elevating the art but you can find bluegrass you can find country you can find yeah Live sure. people play. I'm just live people playing music. There will always be something happening. There's moments in it that, mm-hmm. especially when it's people you know and you make eye contact with the the dentist who's yeah. in a cover band and they're yeah. doing, and it's like it's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. Well, look, it you re- know something. Yeah. That's like there have been so many clubs in the greater LA area that have shriveled up over the past several decades what is that about they're all gone all the little new york clubs i mean it's like we're like smalls or or the places that 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 yeah. you know, village vanguard i mean there's more people here than ever before sure why are there fewer venues than ever before tell me about it and and the thing is is that some of these places were not just oh okay musicians going to hear musicians it was joe q public and regulars that came in oh here comes brian and his girlfriend you know that would just show up and you got to know them and they weren't musicians meanwhile we're up there playing and taking solos and the whole bit and they just showed up because they liked it they like it and there's a learning curve the first time you go it's like oh my god the sixth or seventh time that you go, you're starting to understand kind of how it works and you can exactly. hear other things. It goes deeper and deeper in. Yeah. It was amazing, you know, and so support live music and, and that kind of interaction, yeah. social interaction, you know, not only that, but economically it was different too. I mean, you know, a friend of mine, were talking about that where, you know, musicians were, you know, that were playing in clubs, were buying houses, you know, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. not so much, but, but, you know, right not to get off into an economic tangent, but, um, yeah, you know, and, and there's all these little places and maybe it speaks for a lot of things. Maybe it speaks for, um, not just social interaction, but it speaks for the process and maybe a little bit of decentralization and empowering people on, on, on levels that they're just being edged out of now, um, because of convenience or because, you know, somebody shows up with a turntable and now you don't see musicians anymore. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's, I just think that I'm not sure how to come back. People are afraid of people is what it comes down to. There you, you go. have a live musician in a room with people there. It's uncomfortable because, well, what if I don't like what they're doing? What if they're uncool? What if they're this? I'm trying to encourage people to ask other people for favors. It's like, you yeah. got to drill a hole in your wall because you're going to hang a picture. You're going to go to Home Depot, get a minimum viable product drill, use it once or twice. It's not going to recharge or you're going to keep it in the garage and you're going to throw it out. Right. Yeah. So some kid went into a mine in the Congo to get the rare earth metals for your friggin' rechargeable drill. Then you're going to throw it on another toxic waste dump over there. All the yeah. pollution, all this stuff. Go to Joe's house. Joe's got a drill. Joe's got a good big metal drill. He builds stuff. He makes stuff. You're going to ask Joe for a drill. Know what Joe's going to do? He's going to say, I'll not only give you the drill, I'm coming over and I'm going to drill the hole for you because I don't trust. I think you're not going to be able to find the stud. And Joe's going to come and drill the drill. We don't want that. Why don't you want the favor from Joe? 
Because, well, if you let Joe do that for you, now you owe Joe something. Oh, my God. What if he asks you to, because I know math, what if he wants me to tutor his kid before yeah. an algebra test? Now, oh, my God. Or what if Joe wants to come to our, our Christmas party now, because now he's on the yeah. same block? Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. It's like, that we're afraid of each other. And that's the Spotify cell phone social media universe has has exacerbated our fear of live interaction with other people. I get notes from kids the first day of class, please excuse Johnny from their psychiatrist. Please excuse Johnny from class participation because he has social anxiety. And it's like one every couple of years. I get like three on the first day of class every year now. And it's like, wait a minute, this is that's a that's a problem. And those are the right. So yeah. so when I'm saying go to the bowling alley and just hear that band, I don't mean like that's going to be necessarily great. But you're in a room with people making music. Yeah. <laughs> you know, start Absolutely, there. man. And, and even even if the guy with the drill says, no, you don't owe me anything. You won't believe him. Yeah. You know, you won't believe him. But and but, the fact is, you do owe him because you're in a community with well, another human being. And yes, yeah. you should drive his kid to the hospital if they need it or teach them algebra if they need it or help him dig a hole in his backyard. But that's but, why we're here. That's the process. Just, that's just out of your humanity. Yeah. Yeah. That's the missing. That's the missing link. <laughs> the humanity. Even, even that you owe him so much. But in a sense, we owe it to each other. But we don't like I I understand right. that I grew up in a rural small town and and people just defaulted to that they just defaulted you didn't even think you know if you needed someone would be driving you to the hospital someone would right. be yeah you know oh yeah let me help you do that you know uh let me help you move house you right. do that i've had it happen to me whereas whereas now nowadays it's like forget it it's like i've got to hire a moving company and the costs are exorbitant and uh, yeah whatever but but yeah that's Wow, this was this was quite a journey here. We covered some yeah. ground. <laughs> I mean, from yeah. AI to this, but but I think that, that there is a thread because we don't want to lose our humanity in the face of of AI or or the promised convenience of it all. Yeah, you know? right. Because it, because you will get all your results. You know, you'll get all your your. The object of the game is not to finish in sex, in music, in anything. Right? It's to be in it. It's to be in it. Yep. And that's when you're in it, it's it's the divine but frightening state of being a living human. And that's, you know, we've just got to build tolerance for yeah. that again. Spend yeah. five minutes with somebody to start, yeah. then 10, you know? <laughs> and amen. Yeah. Yeah, amen to that, Douglas. Amen. Um, and, and I think I think that that that's why um, you know, uh, some some of these things that that maybe that may really be a danger to us uh, digitally, you know, will we'll be sold just on convenience and, you yeah. know, kids want to want to buy the newest cool thing. And, you know, it's more important than anything else. Anything to make people lazier. So. And dumber. Yeah. You know, kids are writing their paper with chat GPT. Yeah. They're missing the, the, you know, I get it. Writing a paper, but the whole thing we made school so unfun, so unnecessarily unfun. Yeah. It's going to force us. And that's good in a way. Yeah. How are you going to make school compelling? How are you going to make learning compelling again? Oh, by making it relevant and interesting rather than all this bullshit that they're teaching. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's awesome, Douglas. Thank, thank you so much for your amazing uh, adventure to talking to you and your insights and, and how informative and, and um, 
Wow, this this has been a blast, man. Thank you. Thank you. Been a blast for me too. What town are you in? I'm 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 in uh, near Los Angeles. I'm sort of right. like you know out in uh, the Netherlands of uh, the greater Los Angeles area, but I'm I'm out of the city, so. All right. Well, I'm I'm coming to Los Angeles next month, so I will um, look oh, you up. You got to look me up. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this, and uh, I'm sure you got something out of it with with this gentleman. And um, thank you so much for listening, and please stay tuned for the next episode of Breakfast with Vinny.